Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nailed it. Got it on the first shot. First shot. How you doing? How's school vacation going? Uh, I'm just very tired, but well, if you're teachers had gone on strike for two weeks your vacation would have been canceled sucker <laughs> oh i didn't think i that makes sense yeah this is supposed to be our vacation week but it's not i i mean what are you gonna do well, no, that, that that works yeah uh, i have i have like neighbors and friends who are pissed because they had vacations that they were you know were fully paid for and were canceled and me and my wife were like we are we are we're so thrilled that we don't have to entertain these kids this week are you it's, kidding me i love them but my god anyhow this is the monstrosities that are the red Sox podcast oh wow is that off the, was that off the dome or i did thought, you, of, I thought of it like uh, 90 seconds before we started this <laughs> well hey hold on i let me let me jump in here this is going to be a very negative podcast it's going to be I a mean, humorously negative know, podcast i don't know how negative i'm going to be because i do feel like the um everything's out in the open now so yeah. it kind of makes it that is true. easier to deal with but go ahead well i was i was just going to point out like at at today the boston red sox will be playing a baseball game against the Northeastern Huskies. That's a good thing, regardless of how we feel about the last four months slash four years. I'm excited to see an actual baseball game. And we have also gotten news about extension talks with both Brian Bayo and Tristan Casas. The Casas talks don't seem to be too far along, but but the Bayo talks uh, that sounds like good things are happening there. So you know we do have some good news. Yeah, I mean, this this, this all fits into 
the ostensible Bloom plan that is now the de facto Breslau plan. And it makes perfect sense. Uh, if, you, if you look at what Bloom did in Tampa Bay, they would try to sign people very early on yeah. to extensions. Well, though, as Kenley Jansen has informed us this week, Kenley Jansen has told us more about the Red Sox front office plans than the Boston Red Sox have over the past five years. Because yeah, he let it, us know this week that he was like he essentially signed with the team last year under the promise that you know they were going to try to be competitive in 2023 and in 2024 they were then going to commit big money to put the team over the top. So Bloom's plan is not the same as Breslow's plan right. based on that. Uh I mean that's that's just classic Bloom, baby. Classic he was just Bloom. about to do it. He was just about to do it. Yeah. It, it must have been nice to live in that counterfactual. Because now, <laughs> you know, he can never do It's like if the, the Sixers had actually won anything after Sam Hinkie left. You're like, wow, it's because of him. And it's sort of like Duquette-ish. It's a little Duquette-ish. Yeah. Well, with Duquette, it was literally like, the year after they fired him, they went to game seven of the ALCS and won yeah. the World Series the next year. Like, that's a I, – I, I'm not anticipating that the Red Sox, this iteration of the Red Sox, um, follow Bloom's tenure the way that they followed Dan Duquette's. You're not going to see the Vaughn Grissom playoff home runs like the Manny playoff home run up there with his arms maybe, out. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. That would be something, wouldn't it? We haven't heard much from old Vaughn, young Vaughn yet. I, I, I've been expecting, I don't know. Are you saying you want of, Mo Vaughn? I, 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 I do, yes. I want Mo Vaughn. Is that a t-shirt? Do we have a t-shirt idea? Give me, oh. give me Mo Vaughn with the well, picture yeah, but, of Vaughn Grissom. But then, I mean, lawsuits and whatnot. But From who? Who's going to sue us? Mo Vaughn? Mo? Mark? Which one? No, I don't think so. That's a very good point. Sure. Uh, copyright, Ricky Bobby Industries, etc. Um, I thought, but it, I mean, my main th- takeaway from this week was that the veil dropped for everyone. Pedroia, Devers, Kenley, everybody. All right, what do you want to talk about first? I because I I have been thinking about this Dustin Pedroia FaceTime dinner for like four days straight. Well, I've, then I don't think it matters what I want to talk about first because we got to start. With okay. That. Well, if you told me that you've been thinking about the John Schreiber trade for four days straight, we could start there. I thought that was the most. <laughs> our Slack, our over the monster Slack was immediately aghast and you and I, I were the only two people who were like guys this is totally it's John fine. Schreiber who <laughs> yeah. gives a shit <laughs> like, like, like this yeah, is totally, exactly totally what Breslow should be doing in I know but like, that's oh, the problem John Schreiber had a good contract it's like okay so do a lot of players who don't yeah. matter at all but that's the problem when a fan base has been subjected to this just like five years of kicks in the balls that a move like this happens and it's a move for the future and everyone gets 
you know, PTSD flashbacks from that and can't see that like, this is a move you do 10 times out of 10, regardless of what state the organization is. You just traded the fourth or fifth guy out of the bullpen, right? Probably at least the fourth or fifth guy, maybe even, I mean, if you figure, you know, Kenley, Martin, whichever of uh, Whitlock or Houck gets bumped. And then maybe Winkowski and Bernardino, depending on the day. <laughs> so you're trading like a guy who's not even the real, you're not counting on him for high leverage innings. I mean, I mean he, you know, you are of course, but he's not one of your top three guys coming out of the pen. And you traded him for a guy who's immediately one of your five best pitching prospects. Yeah. Which I again, mean, still says something more about the state of the farm sure. than him, but that's a move you do 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I, uh, don't, I, I'm not a lotto player and I almost never play, but today for whatever reason, I got a scratch off. It was $2, really? $2 scratch off and I won $5. That means I netted $3. Good for but you. For me. Yes. But for me, it's the equivalent of the John Schreiber deal. I'm not throwing the money back into the, into the, thing is no i'm gonna take my money i'm just gonna that's an easy chain cool yes we're not this doesn't signal anything other than this is a very easy exchange to make yeah uh, why so did you buy a scratch ticket i had like two dollars and 15 cents change and like as we were talking about you know at the very outset like this the kids are on break right now and there's just a lot going on so i just wanted that five seconds of exhilaration scratching that shit off. What I realized about scratch tickets though, is that if you trust the person where you buy them from, you just hand them right back to the person. They just scan them anyway. All they do is scan it to give it to you, to activate it. And then they scan it, see what it actually paid as. You just hand it right back to them. You don't need to scratch anything off. Uh, I, I maybe I don't know the mechanics of scratch tickets. The scratch, so guess. there's a barcode, right? And, and that so tells you whether you are. When they when they give it to you, they they scan it to like activate it, so like you can't steal it. I see, right? And then when you go to cash them in, which I I'm I haven't done that in years because I buy like one, I literally buy like one a year, damn, like honestly. So like this is. <laughs> Um, they go and then they scan it and it tells how much you win. And I've been at the place long enough a year. It goes, bum, ba, bum, if you win. So it has nothing to do with what you actually scratch. With it's what just, it actually said, because that could be easy to forge. Yeah, that makes sense. So like <laughs> you could, like you could hand it right back to them. Anyhow, that's my lottery. To, I won $3 net. Thank you. Congrats. Thanks, when everybody. you were a kid on the vineyard, I'm trying to think of when I actually would have seen this. I know there were scenarios when I was a kid where parents would like give scratch tickets to kids as like little gifts for things. Did you, did you ever, that's really weird. Yeah. My mom put them in uh, Christmas stockings. She did okay. Yeah. That yeah. maybe it maybe I got a couple of those too. That is a really weird thing. I'm not like again, I have plenty of vices, but the lotto is not one of them. Yeah. It just felt right today. And 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 look, 
All I did was I had two dollars change. I just told the guys like I'll take any two dollars. I don't care. Yeah, just give me one. I I wonder. I have not seen data on this, but I have to believe it's true. I wonder if like the Powerball and the Mega Millions are really hurting in the post-COVID work from home world, because that was the only time I ever bought like a Powerball ticket was if it was no, like the jackpot was hurting. up. Do you know why? Well, I don't think they're hurting. You're right. America <laughs> has created an entire class of people who play the lottery because yeah. they've been systematically shut out of yeah. doing it. But and when you say America, you literally mean the government because this is fucking insane that the yeah. government does this. It's I mean, it's the state government, but yes. <clears throat> uh, and I just... I just listened to a whole book about gambling. And what I didn't realize was compared to like most table games, the actual lottery returns more money than most table games. Mm -hmm. Um, Because only tickets to win like three bucks, right? I guess like. I mean, all the margins are within like 45 to 55%. But, uh, right. you know, just depending on how you're, which side you're calculating it on. Um, but that, that really surprised me. Anyhow, that has nothing to do with the Red Sox, but we will talk about the Red Sox more after this. All right, now we're back. So, Rafael Devers, our sweet boy, he's, he's, yeah. he's mad at them. He's as mad as he gets. He he does seem as mad as he gets. Is that, I that I feel weird for the translator. I hope like he had a heads up going in because it's like, oh, I'm I'm saying this. I like that's yeah. what I'm saying. It it sure didn't. So actually, uh, um, have you have you ever done any work with translators? Uh, no. Okay, so so I I have done quite a bit actually, um, from when I used to travel all the time, and when you were for Barack Obama, correct, yes, and one interesting tidbit I found of that world is that they actually hate to be called translators. Oh, and this will be relevant. They they are well, I some of them are more prickly about it than others, sure, but they are interpreters. Oh. And they make a point of using that term because the really good ones, the really well-trained ones will tell you their job is not to translate. Translate is just changing one from another. Their job is to convey the message that is being said, whether you do that word for word. And I think that is interesting because from from what I gather, this interpreter did not do that. You left out a lot of stuff that. that oh, really? Just... I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, well, I so, no, no, I, so I, he interpreted. He like he he, he was an editor. He, he was an he, editor. Yes, he, like, he did. Yes, he edited it down. From what I understand. I mean, I I, was... I love an editor, so I, I can't I can't hate. Yeah. It. I mean, look, it's um, not like we don't know what Dever said. People speak Spanish, just not us. Right. Right. Yes. And yes, we don't speak Spanish. I did see it. I, what 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 interests me? Well, this doesn't interest me. I just, uh, I find it interesting that 
in almost all news sources, they just used the language that the interpreter said, as opposed to getting their own interpreters and saying and, and typing out exactly what Devers said. So when I say that, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I read some actual language. I mean, I read it from people on Twitter who, you know, I, I didn't see the globe provide a word for word translation of what he actually said. So I guess I can't confirm it myself either because I don't speak Spanish. Um, so come on, Boston media, get, get like legacy media, get off your asses. You have or someone don't, who speaks or don't. Spanish. We're happy to we're happy to take the job. We're happy sure, to fine. do it. Sure, fine. except neither neither just, one of just, us speaks Spanish. Just throw us sure, someone ads. does. But just I throw don't us some ads. That's all we ask. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, but you want to talk about Pedroia? I am so fascinated by this. Um, I have three main questions. For those of you who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, I'm, <clears throat> which I'm sure is almost nobody. Um, there's a dinner on Sunday night involving Sam Kennedy, Craig Breslow, Alex Cora, Raquel Ferreira, and Eddie Romero, a.k.a. literally the five most important people in the Red Sox when it comes to building the team. They were all at a restaurant. I haven't seen any reporting on what restaurant it was. I assume it's an Applebee's because I assume every restaurant in Central Florida is an Applebee's. And they got a call, a FaceTime from Dustin Pedroia, who apparently then passive-aggressively just started naming free agents that the club could sign and isn't. And then Sam Kennedy told us about it. So I got three questions for you. What interests you most about this? Is it one, is it the fact that Pedroia did it at all? Is it the fact that Pedroia, either by some crazy coincidence or he must have known something, is it the fact that he called one of those five, I'm guessing it's Cora, I would assume he has the best relationship with Cora, although I guess Cora never, he didn't really manage him, but they were well, teammates. Well, it's not really Cora's fault that they're not signing guys either. Right. But the fact that he called one of those people at the exact time that all five of them were together, just the five of them, that seems like too big of a coincidence to me. Or is the most interesting aspect of all of this, the fact that Sam Kennedy then told everybody about it. I mean, I don't want that to be it, but that kind of is it. That, kind of that is it. a wild thing to admit. Wild. But, now, I want to get into some light conspiracy theorizing here, because I have seen some people say that the only explanation for Kennedy saying this is that behind the scenes... Flag, baby. Yeah, exactly. He's been behind the scenes trying to put pressure on fsg to to open up the wallet and this is you know another a means of doing that that seems ridiculous to me but the only other explanation is he is just the dumbest person in the world well i mean i don't like giving sam kennedy the benefit of the doubt and so i will not but i will say that if you were going to give him the benefit of the doubt if you look at it that like he has an ownership stake but he's not an owner like he's not he does what he's told plainly more than anybody in the entire organization. Sam Kennedy does what he's told. 
maybe this is as not fun for him as it is for us to listen to him. But yeah, it's crazy. I do, I'm really heartened by the fact that the, especially like the 2013 team culture, uh, as much as any time has sort of, as much as 2004 was the, you know, most epic, whatever. The, the, the ethos of the Red Sox, I think, sticks with the 2013 team and to the point that like, you, Pedroia is like, this is, you're, you're fucking me over because this is, I am a like Red Sox through and through. And this fucks with all of us going backward. You think it doesn't because all what we did happened, but actually it does because it just cheapens the entire organization that I am identified with for the rest of my life. And if you just want to exploit me for like, Oh, good times happened once. So don't worry about them happening again. I mean, Pedroia is just amazing. Uh, He, He's, he's, he's great. And I I love that he did this and I still doubt that any of it will make a damn bit of difference. Well, that's the other amazing thing about this. The fact that they are just so glib, you know, you have this, you have Kennedy relaying this information as if it's not incredibly embarrassing (laughs) to the organization (laughs) You have John Henry, who has shown up in Fort Myers, who is laughing at the media when he walks by them and they say, John, are you going to make a statement? Like, I I don't know if they're in denial about the state of the fan base or if they don't care or if they just and and. The third option, and this is let's let's have it right. This is almost certainly true. They know that all it's going to take is for them to win, and they will win eventually again. Not this year, but someday, and all of this will be forgotten once that starts happening again. You, you know what this sort of evokes, and I don't mean this in a political way, outside of like political science way. It reminds me of like both Trump and Biden being old as shit. And to them, it's like, could say anything you want to what Joe Biden do? about what you <laughs> want to happen. He's just like, no, <laughs> I'm doing it this way. And uh, fuck you it. don't have I'm any alternative. It's like, yeah. What are you going to do? Not root for us. Great. Yeah. So there is a definite, uh, there's like a gerontocracy. Uh, aspect to it in in the person of john henry because i think that's there is a trick i i think plainly john henry has set the course for all this because if he didn't why would you do any of it do they understand i i really feel like every day they are tipping further and further into a crisis into a legitimate PR. I mean, look, 
the boycott thing is not actually going to happen. There's not going to be any organized boycott of Fenway Park. I'm not even suggesting there should be. I do think attendance is going to look awful this year. <laughs> but the the mere fact, like this has never happened in either of our lifetimes. There's there's never been talk of a fan boycott of any team in Boston. There have been plenty of shitty attendance years, but this is a first in our lifetimes. It's, as far as I know, it's a first in the history of the Boston Red Sox. I, I, well, that's not true. I'm pretty sure in the 1903 World Series, the Royal Rooters rioted because their seats were given away or something like that. So if you want to say this is the second time since 1903, you can't. But th- like this is the boycott is is in, in a lot of ways a joke because it's just a bunch of Twitter tough guys saying to so, the you point know, to the point I, that i had the not fact heard that it's it being said you mentioned it right now yeah you don't you don't spend enough time on red sox twitter to your credit <laughs> to your credit it's, you ever uh, heard about the so matt gross will be is is working on a piece for it for for otm right now about the boycott i mean <clears throat> it's the whole thing is embarrassing and it's hard to see them getting out of it any way other than the young guys becoming decent to good because that's the entirety of the plan. I mean, look, but before I went to bed last night on Wednesday, because it's Thursday when we're talking, people in my, uh, in one of my group chats was like, oh, the Red Sox might sign Gio Urshela. People were debating the merits of Gio Urshela. I wake up and say, no, no, no. He signed with the, uh, who do you sign with? Not the Red Sox, different team. For Oh, Tigers. Tigers, yeah. For one and a half million dollars. And it's like, yeah, I can see why the Red Sox didn't go after him. That's just too rich for our blood, baby. I'll, I'll give the Red Sox a break on this one. I don't I care think... about Gio Urshela at all. Yeah, and, and I, just... I, I, I think that, like, yeah, they very well, if they wanted him, they very well may have offered him more than that, but he wasn't going to get a starting job here and he is in Detroit. That's, you know, someone at, at, at the, you know, the point where he is in his career is probably caring just as much about getting at bats as he is. I mean, if he played know, for the fucking Yankees, half million. he's been in the like as bad as, as relatively bad as they've been. He's played in big games. He's like, I just want to play baseball, man. Like, I get that. Yeah, I uh, I just don't know. I it, it's also weird. Part of the one caveat, and I don't think another guy uh, on the group chat was convinced the Sox were going to sign Montgomery today. And, Still could happen. Yeah, that's true. They ain't over yet. <laughs> but there's so many guys who have not signed. Yeah, that. It's 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 weird. It's almost like climate changey in the sense that it's hard to accept that that this is a new reality. It feels it feels like at this time of year, like this is when not even Abraham got traded like a week before that one year because I remember Valentine's Day. Yeah. I remember very clearly, and that was like, Bryce, oh Bryce Harper didn't God. sign with the Phillies until March. That was Bryce that Harper. was, but. Yeah, but, but I that, feel like that, that, that like, was way, way like I'm, that's way later. That's in the modern like yeah. 
time. And now it's just Boris is just like, oh, well, and I was thinking about I it. I don't blame Boris. I don't, I, I do not also, blame Boris. For I don't this. blame any of them. Like, oh, they're going to fall behind. It's like the baseball season is 977 games long, man. They'll get, they'll get ready. They'll, they'll be fine. Well, I, I don't, I mean, look, this is, this is what I've been complaining about, about major league baseball for the last five years. They just ownership in the league office, just keep disincentivizing over and over again, over again, every year they create a new way to disincentivize being good. They do it over and over again. They implement the luxury tax. They take away international signing bonus if you spend too much money. They, um, you know, the, the, the expansion of the playoffs is obviously the biggest one. Introducing more elements of randomness, attaching um, picks to uh, to free agents. Like they're just like that. That that the history of the last ten years of Major League Baseball has been one large effort to disincentivize making your team good. So like, of and, course, teams aren't going to be like, like, and Jordan Montgomery is not an ace. He's not. We've talked about this. I still want him on the team. He can still make, he would still make the 2024 Red Sox better. He would still make the 2026 Red Sox better, which is when they're talking about competing, which is why it's so frustrating to me that they refuse to, to look at him. But, it, teams are just saying, well, you know, Jordan Montgomery may win us an extra two or three games, but that no longer matters in this competitive environment. See, I think that it, your your complaint about the, the playoff system is the driving force behind all of this because what Major League Baseball has pushed against, which has worked so well for it and every other sport, that like a dominant team lifts a sport. People may get annoyed by that team, but a great team, rising tide, and baseball has done everything it can. And like the definition of a great team, obviously in American sports, is playoffs, playoff performance, combined with regular season performance, of course, but really underlined by playoff performance. And baseball has done everything possible to minimize that, which leads teams to not try to be the very best they can, which combined with a random playoff system makes it so inconsistent from year to year that it's the Red Sox. I feel like the whole John Henry being blase thing is like, eh, It'll come out in the wash. Uh, we're just we're just one of the you know we're just any team. We, 2021 could happen again anytime. Yeah, two games from the World Series. You know it could happen. Yeah, and he's probably right about that. Like I don't, they're not they're not going to get two games for the World Series this year. But no, if they not. did, all would be forgotten for sure, <laughs> for sure. And I am worried about you know the great team thing. You and I have discussed this before, and we share the same stance on it, that it is good to have juggernauts. I think I think the majority of American sports fans would disagree with that idea, even if I think their actual actions would support it. Yes, so I agree with that. I People say they hate the Warriors, they hate the Patriots, 
they hate the Yankees and good good on you for that but like they say yeah. they hate them but they watch them yeah they hate the and Lakers where... I hated the Lakers but I watched them like the Shaq and I think where this could really really do serious damage to Major League Baseball I saw I, I saw a chart recently that just broke down the various revenue streams of all the four major sports and you know we're we're talking about the major national TV contracts, local TV contracts, tickets, gate receipt, you know, concessions, merchandising, yada, yada, yada. Major League Baseball's um, slice of pie representing local TV contracts was far bigger than the other three sports. And that's always been good for them. And, and they have turned themselves into a local game over the last 20 years. But as the entire system of cable television blows up in front of our faces, they're going to lose that revenue. And they don't have the national following anymore to make up for it. And I think they don't have it because they've disincentivized big nationally followed teams. And I really worry for the future of the game over the next 10 years. I really do. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about like how in a way the analytics people like won and I thought that the analytics people uh, lost some battles but won the war but I think it might be the opposite because in a way now the way that the anti-analytics people always wanted it to be like vibes. Now it kind of just is the playoffs, especially is just vibes, man. Oh, who's playing well for this month? It's the, it's not even for this month. It's who's playing well this week. Yeah. I mean, the, Diamond know, Bats. Team. The, Diamond yeah. Bats, the the 2021 Red Sox are not as, are, are not as good of an example as this year's Diamondbacks, but Diamondbacks are, but they're both good examples of, just get hot. Yeah. Just get hot. And, and did the like did the Diamondbacks did their run to the World Series do anything to lift the profile of the game? No, did it, it generate active, excitement it actively anywhere? Suppressed it. It, it actively yes, it suppressed absolutely it. did. It absolutely did. Ugh, now I'm depressed, and now we have to do a depressing draft. Yes. So we should have teased this earlier because I'm no, we shouldn't have because I don't even really understand it. So (laughs) you're going to explain it. So I I ended up. I get it, but we are drafting things that FSG is going to say next. That's the draft. Basically, we're talking Sam Kennedy, but it could be anybody. It could be any of that. I, I initially, I was going to sit down and assign uh, different different people to different quotes here. And I may still try and do that, but they did end up kind of all. A couple of them are definitely Kennedy. I think one of them is definitely Werner. I'm not sure of the others. Now, I don't know how you eventually did this. I know we were texting each other. I, I had said at one point a couple of days ago that I was going to try and line up the quotes with actual predictions over the course of the year 
that like, you know, Sam Kennedy will say this on opening day. Tom Werner will say this in the last day of the season, yada, yada, yada. I ended up nixing that entirely. So I just have things they've said they're going to say next. Well, yeah, that I, I can roll with that. Why don't you go first? Okay. How many do you have, by the way? As many as you need. Okay. So you are making these up on the fly. You got it, baby. I did. <laughs> I thought about it, but like, okay. yes. <laughs> Um, all right, I, I'll start. Um, I'll be topical since we talked about possible extensions at the at the start of the show. Uh, so here's Sam Kennedy talking uh, in in response to a media question about how the Tristan Casas extension is going. Sam Kennedy says, "Quote: We know that Tristan Casas says he wants to stay in Boston forever." But given the rising sea levels and the fact that so much of Boston's infrastructure and built environment is on landfill, that just doesn't make sense for us as an organization right now. I shouldn't have let off with that one. I mean, but if anybody get, would empathize with that, it's Tristan Casas. That's the thing. <laughs> That's true. You know he'd be concerned about that. Uh, let me think. All you right. son of a bitch, you're really just winging this. I really am just winging I don't really understand it, frankly. Uh, I was so excited about this topic. Yeah, I don't really just, understand why. You have just John Henryed it to me. You've just totally disrespected it. You don't care. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to forget. I mean, I think that my first thing would be like, Sam Kennedy be like, we're we're confident the 2024 season will be as entertaining as any Red Sox season to date. Please check out whatever the name of the show is on Netflix. Uh, sort of moving the ball from on the field to actually no, they'll they'll just make it good in post. Yeah. This draft is not gonna go well. You're so mad. I love you that. and I came at this from very different directions. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you you talked about the sea levels rising, so I don't think I, I could have predicted that. Okay, well then, how about this one? Oh boy, uh, this is this is Kennedy again. I think I think it's Kennedy. Once America moved off the gold standard, money essentially became an imaginary concept. So if you think about it, we don't really have any actual money to spend anyway. <laughs> I mean that's. Uh, I first of all, you I don't you're not a football fan, but you know who Kyle Shanahan is, I'm sure. Uh, and, is he Mike Shanahan's son or something? Yes, and he's the Niners coach. Who if they're related to the to figures who were yeah. in the NFL from 1996 to 2004, yeah. then I'll be able to yeah, okay. figure out who they are. He's also the Niners coach. They were in the Super Bowl. It just happened. It was uh, on TV. Uh, so. It was really good. Uh, the he once said he was in a mood, and they said, "What are you going to do with like your quarterback?" He's like, "I don't know what are any of us are going to do. Are any of us going to be here tomorrow?" <laughs> like that's that's the vibes I'm I'm getting off this one. Yeah, uh, I thought you were going to say he had something to say about the Bretton Woods system. That would have I would have been like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll give Mike Shan Kyle Shanahan a chance there. Yeah. All right. So I think my next one will be from Theo. 
Okay. I don't have a Theo quote. This is good. I think he'll say something incredibly banal like, I firmly believe that the Red Sox, that we, sorry, that we are on the, uh, on the right track to compete in 2025 and beyond. Something like that, where he kicks the can to next year and just like, yeah. but he, but like, he's being like, I'll in, I'll put my name on that shit. I won't put my name on this shit. I'll put my name on that shit. Yeah. Now here's why they won't be able to compete 2025 and beyond. They're not good. Because again, here's, this is Tom Werner. If you look at the history of major free agent signings, you'll find that the vast majority of players who signed a big money deal eventually died. So we're kind of trying to avoid that right now. We want to maintain roster flexibility. The funny part is he's basically someone in the organization basically said that except for without the died part. Basically been like you signed a big free agent deal. It doesn't work out. And that's, I mean, that's generally true. That That's the, the whole problem with the last five years is that they've just, they've decided that they're never going to take a risk again. Never, yeah. ever, ever. Any, any risk. Uh, my third quote is just a way to bring something up. Uh, and it's from Craig Breslow. And, and he's saying, I really am fucking trying, guys. Can't you see that? <laughs> because I can. I, I We want big yeah. actions and results quickly. But being in this job especially is as much about the small stuff as it is about the big stuff which he's doing really he's doing a great yeah, job i love the liam hendrick signing yeah we needed we needed so many more fucking swear words on the team <laughs> well that's it's interesting that you said that because i don't think we'll ever hear craig breslow drop an f-bomb i, I do not i do not get that impression theo will and i'm sure did many times in his tenure I, I don't think Presley. Joel Austin is not going to swear to you. <laughs> Joel Austin. It's true, man. It's creepy. Uh, but no, he is trying. He is trying. I like all the moves. I mean, I have to think. I, the only two explanations for this offseason, well, for, for the offseason taking the arc it did, are one, as we discussed last week, he just came in with a lot of hubris and thought, he was going to be able to make a lot more moves than he was able to. That's explanation number one. Explanation number two is he came in, did a thorough audit of the team from top to bottom and said, holy shit, what have you guys been doing for the last four years? I think it's column <laughs> This organization column is not nearly you know, in as good a shape. Obviously some as, of both. Yeah. And that, uh, the difference between his moves and Bloom's moves is subtle, but like I see Bloom's moves always seem to me to be like, maybe we get some value for this year, like Michael Walker. And like, that's a great example of it working, right? Yeah. Build a rush. Whereas this is, you know, getting Vaughn Grissom and uh, getting the guy you got for John Schreiber. It's very clearly forward looking. Very there's no he's traded for more prospects. Like the the only thing 
Bloom really cared about for four years was building up the minor league system. And yet, even there, like Breslow has already traded yeah. for more pitching prospects than Heim Bloom did in four years already. It's, yeah. Because he was just so, afraid to do anything. So that's why he would swear when he'd be like, guys, I'm fucking trying. That's fucking trying. I don't, he, but he wouldn't say he would say I'm he would say I'm flipping trying. Jeepers, guys. Jeepers. I'm flipping, I'm trying to optimize here, is what he would say. All right, number four. Go ahead. All right. Um, this is another Kennedy. Uh, as Brez said, we're not in a position to trade future wins for present wins. That's why we had the foresight to hold on to all our past wins. Four World Series championships worth of them. You guys remember those? I mean, that's. I have said that. That's basically like Sam Kennedy, yeah. basically what he says all the time. Yeah, more or less. Uh, my next one will be from Alex Gora, as I'll be on like July 1st. Like, we really thought Raphael was going to finish his career here, but the team being what it is. We wanted to see him go to a competitive environment. No. <laughs> Happy to get some young guys back. Oh, God. Hopefully we, we can be competitive in 2025, like Theo said. Jesus. Yeah, that was just to be that was just to be depressing. I, I do wonder dark. sort of if like if, if in their heart of hearts they're just like we wish we didn't have Devers also. Well, it no longer makes sense if they're going to – they're now in a position where they're I – mean, is this his age 27 season? Look, if they yeah. if they did trade him, I'd probably be like, that's fine. Yeah. This is his age 27 season. Be better they for, are not, for the same reason I said. Like, it'd be better for yeah. him. They're not going to be competitive this year. It's the first year of his 10-year deal. They're not going to be competitive this year. We can hope they're going to be better next year, but they're still not going to be a World Series. You know, they next year they might be in a position to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a team where you look at and say, okay, you know, this is a team that's going to threaten 100 wins. Maybe they'll do that two years, three years from now, maybe. So you're really talking at the point. Like, if, if it takes that long, you have, congratulations, pissed away Rafael Devers' prime. After you sign him to a ten-year deal, you pissed away his prime. He's at the wrong. He's at. He's at that point. He's on the wrong side of thirty. Like, yeah, I just fuck? think what when, the fuck? when Henry looks at twenty eighteen, he looks at everybody on the team and everything that happened. He's like, I did everything for every one of those people, and I kind of don't owe them anything more. And that seems to have been the working theory that has gone on since then. But whatever. All right, what's your last one? Now, my last one, this is Tom Werner. Um, starts with an actual quote, although I think it came from Kennedy. We own these last place finishes. And now the passionate fans of Red Sox Nation can own them too. For just $99.99, the Boston Red Sox General Council will, for 24 hours, legally change Pablo Reyes' name to yours, giving you the opportunity to purchase a roster spot on the last place 2023 Red Sox. Your purchase includes a printout of the baseball reference page with your name prominently displayed, as well as a baseball signed by Kyle Baraclaw. Don't miss your chance to be a part of Red Sox history. 
Call your season ticket rep now and finish in last place today. Love it. Don't. If they do that, make sure you get your cut. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I will get a percentage of that $99.99. I would also buy that. I yeah. would also oh, yeah. pay to have Pablo Reyes' name changed to mine. Oh, my God. Day, of course. To, did you say to Art, to your name, or to the name of your choosing? Uh, I said to uh, your name, but I guess the name of your choosing yeah, would probably, that, that would get, yeah. We don't need that would be the Brian bigger money Joyner, but we need like a Hudsucker fart McGee. The second. <laughs> All right. Now playing third. Uh, the one but, hiccup there is I don't know if baseball reference would retroactively change the name, like the way that like the way that like Muhammad Ali, you know, the boxing world still claims his early champion credits his early championships to Cassius, Cassius Clay. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they would credit Poplar Reyes changing his name Lua, to Butts McGee, like Lou Alcindor. Yeah. <laughs> we I, as I always do, Pablo Reyes would be in the discussion with kareem and muhammad ali like that's first obviously that's why the people are here exactly uh i guess my last one and this will show how running on fubes i am for this would be john henry just getting up to the mic and saying i'm stupid i'm a big fucking idiot i've been lying you were right i was wrong you're smart i'm stupid you're very attractive. I'm not at all good looking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good That's, one. I hope to hear that one. That's a good one. So the reason why he doesn't speak to the media anymore is because he's too filled with self-loathing. Yeah. If it, The problem is, if, if it wasn't just the exact opposite, it might be bearable. But it's almost certainly the exact opposite. <laughs> got any more red sox stuff uh let me just quickly hop on and google jordan montgomery free agent deal it, to see if sure. they signed him. <laughs> and nope still not signed so no i guess i guess i don't it seems i They can't, it can't be them. If it was them, it would be done. You would think, yeah. you would yeah. think. And what's so dumb, and, and you know, this, this will speak to you because you've been on the It's Jordan Montgomery train. Yeah, I'm but not it, like, it doesn't really matter to me, but. Well, it's, it's so dumb that like he's become the face of this because like it. Fans are not pissed off because Jordan Montgomery is not on the team. Fans are not pissed off because they haven't signed fucking anyone for five years. This is like when the Red Sox signed Jose Offerman. And I was like, oh, my God, we got somebody. We got somebody. (laughs) You replaced Movons on base percentage. That's like, yeah, we we got a free agent and he's maybe better than (laughs) some baseball players. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know what's funny about that is Duke, Duquette did say at the time, like Jose Offerman replaces Movons on base percentage, and everyone. I mean, that was that quote was ridiculed for years, but it's also at least according to the movie Moneyball, like it's exactly like, what Billy Bean yes, would go on work. to say. All you need to do word for work. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so Dan Duquette is is Dan Duquette an underappreciated figure in baseball history? I mean, he founded the uh and then we're not gonna get political on this one, but he founded the Israeli baseball team, I believe. Or he, Israeli baseball league, Israeli baseball yeah, league. That's true. That yeah, he I, which is that still up and running and because of which Andy Jet production, probably not. I interviewed him over email. Yeah. Really? About that, yeah. And because of that, we to this. Uh, well, I don't have Facebook anymore, but we were Facebook friends because of that. And I would get notifications for years after being like, "Dan Duquette updated this status." Hey, Dan, <laughs> what's up, homie? Um, um, for the record, the Wikipedia page of the IBL has no information about any year other than 2007, which is the year it was founded. Yes, I believe it. I don't. I believe it did I not think last. it's safe to say it did not take. Yeah, well, if they were considering uh, expansion, now would be the time, but that's a story for a different day. In Israel, baseball is historically not a popular sport. Israel is currently rank, ranked 19th in the world. Uh, but, 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 but there are approximately 1,000 players in 16 cities across the country. I hope the people who are still <laughs> listening who heard that joke and are offended by it write in <laughs> just to know that you're out there, people. Um, all right, you got any recommendations? So I had a recommendation right up until I started this show, and I typed in the author's name so let me present this scenario to you i was going to recommend a novel called you deserve nothing and it was just it's it wasn't like an outstanding book <laughs> title speaks to me baby <laughs> well it's so it's about uh it's about a teacher in france he's teaching america or just international students at a fancy you know international school in paris um and he has a inappropriate relationship with a student. That's what it's about. Um, and it's really well written. Uh, it, just an engaging book, beautiful prose, flies right by. And like I said, I was I, I just finished it yesterday. I really enjoyed it. I, I Googled it now to remember what the author's name was because I didn't know who it was before I picked up the book. And it was Rudolf Hitler. I don't know. This guy named Alexander Maxick, but as it turns out, the book is autobiographical. Oh, and uh, man, that's really changing my read of things. I don't know how I feel about the book anymore. Yeah, it's France. Well, but he's American, though. Like it's about an American character. He's an American writer. There's no way the book was. I all of this happened apparently in like I, I think I read it was like 2002. Well, the book takes place in 2002. Um, I don't know if that's the year it took place or if it was shortly thereafter. So this is like well before Me Too. And the book itself was published. That was before but, I mean Duquette was still there, so like he needed an outlet. <laughs> yes. yes. And the book was published like 10 or 15 years ago. I like I don't think the book would be published today. Yeah. Or if it did it, there would be a giant media storm about it. All I saw was a was a blog post on Jezebel about it. 
an, an old, you know, zombie Jezebel. I was going to say, I was going to say, what the AI told you that? Uh, so, rest in peace, Vice News. That's yeah, funny. it's a damn shame. I had two clips up there. Live. Were you able to get them off at least? Uh, get I guess like, if I got if, if I got them off, my God, well, man. Well, this is yeah, a no, but, show. well, but that like the site is apparently going to disappear, right? Yeah. Like they can't. Even... I don't give a shit. Um, I think I have them in PDF anyway. Uh, my yeah, recommendation good. is Eggs in Purgatory. Do you know what this is? No, I do not. I'm and I'm busy looking up your Vice clips here. Uh, it's very simple. It's like Shakshuka. It's almost exactly the same. Skateboarding bulldogs. Yeah, baby. That's, That's what you wrote about for Vice? So at the time, the editor was Tomas Rios, and he wrote on Twitter, he was like shitposting. He's like, I, I'm thinking about commissioning a story on skateboarding bulldogs, and I DM'd him. I'm like, I'll fucking write that for real. And he's like, go for it. <laughs> um, and anyhow, you just uh, it's like Shakshuka. It's just basically you make a tomato sauce of some repute. Mm-hmm. And uh, you drop some eggs in there and cover it for like three minutes. So the eggs cook in the tomato sauce. And then you take like a sourdough, like a nice crusty bread, and you yep. just dip in it. And that is like uh, on the weekends, I like to just have it around because it's like brunchy. And That uh, does sound really good. What great. is the difference between that and shakshuka? Just the spices. It's just the just yeah. whatever spices you use. Like the Italian one is uh the one i saw was based on a very simple it was like an instagram ad for a stanley tucci recipe Uh, but it's and that was just onions tomatoes eggs bread and he has recipes other than negroni (laughs) than his negroni i mean this is a very 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 simple thing but it's basically the same thing as shakshuka uh but it's called Eggs in Purgatory, which is a cooler name. Actually, Shakshuka is an amazing name. They're both cool names. So yeah, I really recommend it. It's like I when I made it the first time, I didn't realize how much it was going to be like uh, Thanksgiving, where I just kept kind of like wandering back and like having another having mm-hmm. another bite or two and wandering back. And having- I'll tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like the perfect meal to eat when you're watching opening day of the Israeli Baseball League. There you go. In <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah. In 2007. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think that's all we got. We are uh, going to be here as often as we can. And the games, baseball today. Today, baseball. I don't really count the college game, but it is obviously it's very, it's a thing. I mean, in a way, it's more fun than any other spring training. I mean, game. G- give me Northeastern, baby. Yeah. <laughs> My money's on Northeastern. Let's it, well, go, it baby. Is- I, I do know that it is going to be a you know they announced bullpen game as the starter today, which I know it was that, like it's spring training. It's ob- they're obviously all bullpen games, but, but the fact hilarious. that they're calling it that that's just, hilarious. Just right off the bat, they're like, let's we got to we got to start working on these bullpen I, games. I do. Boy, we're going to need them. I was looking at when we were talking about the the rotation and and slack and whatnot, and I do have a palpable relief not seeing Chris Sale's name in there. Just. It just because the anxiety, I love you know. It is, yeah. It's just, yeah. If one of those guys got hurt, it would be a bummer. The guys who were in there, but I don't have the 
just dread that it's going to happen. And there's no reason for us to. We don't need him. He is exactly where he belongs. And uh, I saw a picture of him next to Max Freed today, and it's like, oh shit, he's gonna he's gonna be healthy this year, isn't he? He's gonna fucking make the NL All Star. Uh, people in uh, my group chat, people are predicting awards for the season, and someone did Cy Young for Max Freed. I was like, I see it. And if not, Spencer Strider, like either one of those. Oh, guys. I was talking about Chris Sale. No, no, I know, I, I know, I know. Me seeing but... Sale next to him, just like. Because because the same way that the pressure like the, the same way that you feel relieved, I bet he does too. Yeah, like he has to feel relieved that he is now on an organization where you know he he's his contract it's, isn't being held responsible for everything that's happening with the team, and he's not responsible for the whole team. And like he's not in this case, for saving even them more. every year. So I think he liked it in 2018 when he was you know, the guy, I'm sure yeah. he liked being the guy, but now it's just like, it's just, just get healthy. it's just all upside for the Braves. All is yeah. entirely upside. And for him, all upside for everyone involved. Because he's never bad. At right. worst, he's like slightly below average yeah. when he's giving and, up home runs. And, and even he doesn't even really get to that bad. But I will say this, maybe it's just the sunshine. We, you know, you mentioned we were talking about the rotation in Slack. And I was thinking as I was looking at it, it's not a great rotation. Oh, yeah, I was also thinking it wasn't very good. Well, but it is the type of rotation, I think, that every now and again, and I feel like it's always the twins. Like a team all of a sudden has a good year and you're not quite sure why. And you look at the rotation and none of the names pop out to you, but then you dig into the rotation and you're like, Oh, they have five number three starters. And And like that works sometimes five number three starters works. I I do. The potential's there for that. And, and I think that like, if it goes up, Nick Pavetta is probably the guy like Bayo, whatever, he's going to be good, great, good going yeah. forward. But like right now, if Pavetta can keep the second half of last year going, that's huge. So massive. All right. We'll see it. I'm Brian Joyner on Twitter or whatever it's called. He's Dan Secretary, and we will talk to you next week, probably. Go, Sox. Huskies Go Sox. suck. Go, Huskies. <laughs>